Around the world and across the ages, this is the end of September edition of The Cavern Today, an Uru Live fan presentation. This is Janathus. The relaunch of Uru Live is another month closer, but for many of us, December is still too many months away. Personally, I'm wondering how I'm going to manage to divide all my time between my full-time job, part-time schooling, homework, The Cavern Today, and Uru Live. I'm sure I'll find the time. I'm sure many others will as well. Oh well. Today in our 19th regular podcast, we'll first be giving you an update on the weather surrounding those areas that affect Uru in Cavern and out of Cavern. Right after that, I'll be returning to bring you our interview with Ron Miners of GameTap discussing his involvement with GameTap, Uru, and the community. We're excited to bring you another of Ian Moreland's pieces, this one called The Forest Floor. And finally, Anthony and I have prepared another tech segment, this one concerning audio. We hope you enjoy Podcast 19, after all... It's all about Uru. This is Dalton with today's weather report. In Spokane, Washington, it is nice and sunny with a high of 79 degrees. Atlanta, Georgia has been hit with more scattered thunderstorms, but temperatures remain up at 85. And in central New Mexico, after a bout of thunderstorms again this week, today is finally cleared up, showing blue skies and high of 78. Down in the cavern, temperatures remain warm as we head into the fall weather. The outer neighborhoods hovering around 74 degrees, and the city reaching 77 during the hottest parts of the day. Humidity remains a bit high, but seems to be coming down now. This concludes our weather report for today. And now to Janathus and his interview with Randomos. Welcome back. This is Janathus with The Cavern Today, and here today with Randomos, or Ron Myers, of GameTap. Welcome, Ron. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I've met new explorers on the Demolish Shard, and we expect many to join us when Uru Live launches. Some of our new subscribers may not know what an Uru community manager does. Could you tell us what a community manager does and how you work to promote Uru? Can you tell us a little about your own background as well? Uh, Sure. Let's see. I started working with the community um, almost uh, 10 years ago. I think it's 10 years ago in November and was sort of immediately excited by uh, some of the real potential for people to form new and, you know, very positive connections online and uh, have been sort of enthusiastic about the potential of online community ever since. And especially so, I think, uh, really after having worked with the Uru community, um, I started out at Empire a number of years ago, and uh, when the opportunity came along to join Ubisoft to work with the uh, Uru community for the uh, original launch of Uru Live, uh, I, I was very excited and jumped at it, and I uh, was lucky enough to be uh, chosen to do that. Um, and uh, pretty much my job, as I see it, is to uh, is, is sort of twofold. Um, I try to support the community in, in very many ways, and uh, for me, 
that's sort of predicated on the uh, idea that the community is a genuine community, that, that it matters to people that very important relationships are formed, that people share, you know, good times and bad times and work out things together and come up with creative new stuff together and, and, and uh, that, that that's a very kind of uh, important thing. And I basically try to work sort of also as a um, communicator both from within the the company, uh, kind of uh, talking about kind of what's coming up, or, or uh, you know, uh, helping to organize activities or events or something, and also um, relaying uh, community feedback in, in internally to initially Ubisoft and now GameTap. Um, and I should say too that in this uh, in this instance now, um, I'm really sort of uh, trying to. Uh, peek over Grey Dragon's shoulder. I mean, I think he's doing a great job in, in leading the community and is in uh, a very real um, uh, important position with respect to uh, some of, uh, you know, some of the things coming up uh, both in the storyline, with respect to the beta. Uh, certainly his involvement in the community is, is very uh, deep. So I'm, I'm basically just trying to uh, support him as best I can. Um, what are the means you use? Like when you you said you interact with the community, bring news out, mm -hmm. receive input back in. What what are the means that you're going through, or what is was the medium? I guess that you use for this. Yeah, media really. Um, I uh, I basically try to to do a bunch of stuff. I talk to uh, people in the forums. Uh, I try to stay in touch with uh, some of the community members that I've formed ties with uh, over the years um, in via IM and and Skype and stuff. Um, I meet people uh, online some too in exchange email. I've been uh, talking uh, to the liaisons a, a fair amount lately uh, in trying to uh, uh, work with them and, and support them because I think that they're they're a very exciting part of the community now and uh, the possibilities uh, for for uh, for them to interact with the DRC are, are potentially very exciting. And of course, all that's up to Cyan, but uh, but I want to support their efforts when I can. And then, you know, internally I make a, a, a weekly report that kind of talks about some of the things I've seen and what people are, are saying and concerns that they might have and, uh, you know, basically try and be as responsive as possible and, and communicating what's important to the community to, you know, um, both GameTap and Cyan. Although, again, I mean, I, I definitely see, you know, Grey Dragon as sort of being the lead in, 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 uh, on the Cyan side at the very least and, and being much more closely inter intertwined with that. What what is Empire? You mentioned Empire. What was that? Oh, Empire. That was M Player. Empire, yes, that was Empire dot com, okay. and it was a very early uh, interactive gaming service um, that actually became HearMe dot com at one point, uh, mostly because people had been so creative with the use of the voice channels in the game. Uh, um, uh, coordination rooms that we had, the little game lobbies that. Um, that, that we got very excited about kind of the possibilities for people to uh, be uh, making creatively uh, you know new experiences there were there were all sorts of there were all sorts of things there were sing-alongs and and uh, AA meetings and and fight rooms and prayer rooms and and just uh, uh, and lots of just people chatting hanging out and chatting so it was it was a fun it was a fun thing to see and and it carried i think for me a very valuable lesson in terms of uh, how important it can be to put uh tools for creating into the community i tend to i tend to say these words a lot and and uh, i hope i don't get boring but um but i've really sort of i'm a believer in terms of uh 
you know, the opportunities that the online environments can create for people to have a good time, uh, you know, making things that nobody's ever thought of before or, or things that amuse their friends or, you know, uh, just forming bonds, singing together. So I, I almost feel inspired to say the Matrix has you, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> In many ways, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so do you uh, remember the first time you entered the cavern with other explorers? I don't, honestly. I don't. It was a while ago. The, 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 the time that sort of really stands out for me, though, from the early... Uh, prologue uh, days was there was one time I was in the cavern with Katie and Maztec and and Maz was showing us all these uh, these fun things he'd figured out to do like like sitting on top of a cone and, and just sort of uh, wacky wacky uh, uh, fun stuff so I, I wacky remember fun that stuff fun that Cyan might start writing rules to prevent us from doing maybe yeah, possibly <laughs> or or rules to to facilitate I mean I think that I think that Cyan really really enjoyed a lot of that stuff as well, well it's you know it's interesting to see you know because we had a lot of time on our hands that you know, yep. a lot of people have explored the all the various facets of the game just you know for lack of anything better to do i'm wondering once the content starts flowing in if it'll be like anyone will even notice that kind of stuff anymore it'd yeah that's a great question hands that out in the future i i wouldn't be surprised if it continued honestly i mean there's always sort of i've always sort of wondered how much of uh how much of that was kind of intended as a way to 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 for them to have fun with people and, and uh, you know, create something a little bit extra. While we understand that you were still part of the Explorer community, you were not officially the Uber community manager for a good while during the last couple of years. Right. What were you doing during that time, and oh, how did you make your way back to the community? Right. Uh, that's kind of fun. Um, I uh, well, I was with uh, I was with Ubisoft for a while, and uh, you know, helped to uh, uh, help to kind of tried to help nurture the community even though Uru Live had closed down and because it was clear that the community was still very strong and very vibrant and uh, and I ended up after that going to there and the the fun part is that one of the things that had happened after the close of Uru Live was that uh, a number of people had gone to other uh, virtual worlds to stay together as a community and um, and there was a, a thriving uh, there Uru community um, that I that I uh, you mean used to thriving community with. in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Or is it's it, a little tricky it a... to talk to talk about. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like talk about seeing the movie. I saw saw. What? Right, right. <laughs> um, there was also one in Second Life, wasn't there? Yeah, a Second Life also, uh, and it, I think other places as well. Though those were the two primary ones. Um, but yeah, I, I was working it there for a while and. Uh, and uh, during that, met uh, a gal by the name of uh, Celia Pierce, who had had uh, uh, written her doctoral dissertation about. Um, she's Artemisia in the community. Uh, had written her doctoral dissertation about uh, the how the Uru community had moved as a community to these other platforms, and um, I think uh, so. So she and she was working with the Game Tap folks and, and brought me in. Gray Dragon had also suggested that I. Uh, might be uh, might be uh, helpful to the game tap folks in, in establishing their own community presence. I think that there's uh, I think that game tap has a lot of potential for for uh, for new community interactions that hasn't been tapped yet. So I'm excited about uh, trying to help uh, help make that happen too. 
Um, you know, I'd love to see ways for people to rate that the games that they played, or perhaps give tips and, and hints and tricks, or uh, uh, or even just kind of you know nostalgically share their favorites with others and so forth. Some of that actually, the Uru community I think is already starting to do. I know that there is at least one thread over at the Guild of Greeters on um, people talking about their favorite games and sharing them. I think that that's something that. Uh, you know, GameTap can really benefit by. <laughs> At least I'm consistent about this whole community thing. Huh? Well, I, was, I mentioned before we started uh, the interview that I, I favor a old first-person shooter called No One Lives Forever. And, right. Um, it's interesting because t I'm not a, a hardcore shooter player. I'm not into like Doom and horror games. I really I tend to not favor those types. Right. So I'm kind of a I, I would like to think of myself as kind of like a hybrid, not all adventure, but not all shooter either. And I thought it was very interesting that I, I loaded a map that somebody had created for No One Lives Forever, a single player map, in fact. And it had on the wall of the building a picture from Sam and Max, which is an adventure. Oh, game, wow. Neat. Which tells me that there is a thread of that binds some of us yeah. adventure gamers to that particular. It, it isn't quite a, a hardcore, serious yep. game because it's, it's got, it has a lot of humor in it. And it's it's good to know that you know we branch out in all various sectors. It's true. It's true. And that's I think that that's uh, I think that's very exciting. I mean, there was a lot of crossover. I worked on the Splinter Cell uh, uh, title for a while. There was a lot of crossover. A lot of Mist uh, and Uru fans were were Splinter Cell players as well. That's and, because that game doesn't require a lot of twitchy reflexes, yep. which makes it a lot easier. For a lot of planning a lot of puzzles and, and challenges and solving although i'm loath to say it i'm actually starting to, to find that i'm i'm losing out to some of the the younger yep. <laughs> players <laughs> <laughs> um but uh and too i mean i think uh you know some of the uru community has also branched into you know things like i know matrix online you mentioned there's a the the greeters had uh have a, a presence there as well as I'm sure others do too, and and I know that there are a lot of uh, WoW guilds that are that are uh, Uru and Mist folk too. So well, can't help. WoW makes up such a huge yeah. portion of it. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just hope that uh, we don't start finding Uru haphazardly following any kind of WoW. No. Uh, established patterns yeah. in an attempt to draw in a larger audience well that would that seemed to be the downfall of uh, yeah. galaxies yes yeah. it's been purported to be yeah i yeah i think that's probably right the uh certainly though i think you also have to credit wow with doing some of the technical things and user uh user interface things very well so that's yeah. you know it's they're, they're, hopefully we can learn from from their best practices without sort of losing our own character that's what i'm hoping yeah since you were there along with the rest of us when your lights went out in February 2004, uh, I'm sure you felt the same sting of regret everyone did during the last hours of Prologue. And if I remember right, you were busy promoting a dis distributor-sponsored art contest and concluded after the close of the Shards. What do you think has been learned about online game distribution, and why do you think Uru's online time has come? Oh, that's yeah, that's a wonderful question. Well, um, let's see. The To, to start... To start back in the close of the prologue, the I, I, you know, I wanted, I saw so many wonderful, positive community things going on, and I wanted to, uh, especially during a, you know a difficult time for all of us, I wanted to uh, try and um, help support 
positive aspects and give people kind of a, a chance to continue to associate together and, and build on those positive relationships and, and so forth. So so that was part of why I think we tried to, to really kind of do some fun stuff right as it was closing. I think, too, that then as now, really, the Uru community and the sort of the exceptional nature of, of the Uru experience offers uh, a real kind of potential that 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 uh, was probably too revolutionary then. I mean, one of the things that I think that's that's great about the timing now is that in addition to sort of some of the technical requirements that have gotten less comparatively demanding uh, as opposed to then, there's also people are sort of much more aware of some of the dynamics of the existing MMOs and uh, much more kind of familiar with WoW or EVE Online or, or, or those others. And I think that, you know, by comparison, Uru really shines. I mean, there it's a very different kind of experience. It's unique. Uh, it's it's unique in a way that's that's um, unique. <laughs> so um, I've just found myself. I, I did play WoW for a while and, and a couple of the others, and but just the graphic quality of Uru is just so stunning. I'm just uh, sort of in love with it all over again. And I think that you know people may have an appreciation for that now that didn't exist uh, before. And, and in addition, I'm enjoying I, that hardware has reached such a point that you can run it full yeah. featured 1600 by 1200. Yeah. No problem. Yep. And it, <laughs> and it looks good. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've taken some screen captures, and some people have actually used those as their wallpaper because some, not all of our Great. group are as technically um, inclined or absolutely or uh, so decisive about the fact that you know they always have at least a, a year and a half turnaround on their hardware. Some people are using like three, four-year-old video cards that you know they're they're chugging out these muddy textures, and they don't think that there's any improvement with the higher-end hardware. I'm like, oh goodness, you're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right. And uh, yeah, so oh, oh, I was gonna say the other thing too. I mean, I think that um, Ubisoft's expectations for Uru or the requirements of sort of uh, their their aspect of the market. Um, I think that GameTap uh, is in a much better position to support Uru now, and I think that their their sort of business model is kind of friendlier. And two, actually, to that end, let me put in a plug. Um, it really is important that that people, uh, you know, show their support for Cyan by signing up for GameTap or telling their friends or, or whatever. And uh, I mean, it would be awesome if 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 uh, the uh, expectations for the Uru signups were were um, you know just completely blown out of the water by the number of people who sign up. But at, uh, you know, I want to stress how important it is regardless of you know your other aspects of the game tap experience and i hope that they'll be positive but uh mm -hmm. cyan cyan is really depending on on the community to to show their support by by signing up for game tap that's that's it's uh a really uh important thing to do now and and uh can you, you know, pass along a, a note happily absolutely get real missed <laughs> uh, i believe they're working on it honestly yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the status is, but uh, yeah, one of one of the uh, Anthony, the, uh, my cohort in the t TCT tech segment, and I were talking about it. And he says, "Oh, well, they sold out of Real Mist." And he's like, "Why are they? Why aren't they re-releasing or redistributing it?" I'm like, "They they definitely should. I want to play Real Mist. Yeah. Now that you've gotten used to the real-time 3D Uru, it's hard to play the static versions. <laughs> it's because it's it's strange that like, I can't just run over there and do it. I've got to click, 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 click. Okay, well, the wrong click. And yeah, <laughs> right." It's weird that I'm becoming that impatient, but well, and it, and it, and you know our expectations change too. I mean, uh, just the way that Mist, the original Mist, was revolutionary during its time. 
I, I told somebody, I'm like, well, even Riven's graphics are starting not to hold up. And he's like, bite your tongue. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's actually the graphics hold up fine. It's the pixelated 16-bit or 8-bit, whatever it yeah, is. Right. It doesn't hold up when you're used to, you know, perfect 32-bit across the board and everything you do these days. We've noticed that we're starting to see some more randomness posts at the Uru Live forum. Yeah. Will you continue to use this form in the future or do you or GameTab have plans to create another form or site? For the most part, especially with the Uru community, I, I sort of, um, uh, you know, it's a great way for me to emphasize that my role is kind of supportive and that the real key players and, and superstars in the center stage are, you know, Cyan and Grey Dragon and, and uh, some of the DRC folks and, and, and so forth. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just here to help facilitate so and I'm not really sure. Um, GameTap does have a bunch of uh, community stuff, kind of in the works, and I, I uh, want to uh, contribute to that and kind of encourage more of that. But I'm not sure exactly how it's going to turn out yet. So, but yeah, I'm definitely trying to have more of a, a presence in the community and let people know that you know, GameTap is listening, and and uh, uh, and I, I certainly uh, do relay uh, comments. Um, and appreciate them when, when people bring them to my attention, yeah, too. Like when I was playing with the GameTap client, I found it to be a very interesting layout. And some of it took me a minute to get used to. It is, but yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really cool that like they had trailers for everything. Yeah, yeah. agreed. And uh, so you can go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, I wanted to play that. and <laughs> I thought it was really good that way. Yep. I see that they've got TV shows on there, and I didn't yep. watch too many of them. But that's... That looked like a really good contribution. It's it's a really good yeah. service. How involved will you be with the technical aspects of playing Guru? Will you be working the user help desk, or are there people explorers should contact if we have any problems loading the game or using GameTap in general? So far, uh, I'm uh, only kind of a backup. I've uh, been very happy to to get a lot of uh, positive comments about people who have had issues that they brought to the GameTap customer support folks. And actually, I, I know that the GameTap customer support folks are very, very dedicated and, and uh, wanting to uh, especially um, support the Uru community. I mean, they're very excited. And for them, too, I mean, they're, they're, they're learning about Uru now, and uh, <laughs> that's, that's going to be a part of their uh, you know, job description in the future. So they think that's, that, that's pretty good. And I think they're doing a good job. I really do think they care about you know how the community, the experience that the community has, or or, or the customers have, because that's really mm-hmm. you know, this is probably the best customer service department I think I've ever worked with. I really like them. Um, they're very dedicated and, and very positive. And uh, so, and of course, if having worked have, with them, that that means they're not in India, right? No, <laughs> not in <laughs> India. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, but if, and if people do have you know questions, I'll, I'll certainly try to uh, uh, put in a good word or or you know relay the issues uh, if, if I can as well. doesn't mean I can always get a resolution, but I can certainly add my voice if that's... What? You don't have the keys to the kingdom? I last. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened to them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I joined GameTap, but decided not to stay for the short term, but I'm definitely going to be in for the long term for life. Now, I experienced a bunch of different services and enjoyed what I saw. Uh, can you tell us a little about what you've discovered at the GameTap Hub? And an even bigger question for our non-USA listeners, is there any plan to open GameTap to international game players? I'm actually having uh, a good time with GameTap, and it's fun to see some of the some of the games that uh, I had forgotten how much I liked them. <laughs> but um, 
for uh, the international folks, GameTap is in the process of, of expanding internationally. But um, in the immediate term, it was clear that the Uru community was was definitely international, and uh, that the uh, that it should be available uh, to uh, worldwide. So. Um, although GameTap won't be available to the international community, Uru, uh, Uru Live will be, and there'll be a, a, a separate sort of uh, account that they can set up to, uh, that people uh, from all over can set up to uh, to be able to, to join in the cavern. And they're still sort of, uh, obviously, you know, they're, they're still sort of working on some of the technical parts of uh, rolling out the service, especially as integrated with GameTap, but... Um, the uh, hope is that they'll all that all people throughout the world will be able to share shards and and uh, that people will be able to uh, you know um, become uh, in, in, interact with people from uh, all over the world. Oh, I thought the intention was that there was just going to be like one place to go. I didn't know there was actually going to be shards still. Oh uh, well, um, I should uh, I should uh, clarify that. I'm not sure, honestly. Um, I think a lot of things will depend on kind of uh, how the the technical folks are able to uh, solve some of uh, you know some of the things that they've that they've got going on, but also too I think uh, there's a question of how how popular it's going to be, and I think uh, m my guess would be at least that uh, at some point we're going to be uh, you know more than popular enough that that they'll probably need to create separate charts. The games that we were talking about earlier with yeah. Guild Wars, um, they have usually depending on. It's interesting to note that is in the beginning of the game, there's a ton of servers, you know, and yep. I don't know how they expand that, but as you get later on, there are fewer servers. But there's still the option to server hop depending on, you know, where your team or friends might be. I, yeah. At least that seems to me like that would be the right solution, and I haven't really talked to the Cyan folks, and of course they're the ones who are, who are working on this. But the hope is that everybody will be able to play together. Does GameTap have any way in which explorers, or does it intend to provide any way in which explorers will be able to communicate news of community events or happenings to each other and potential explorers from within the GameTap interface? Uh, possibly. That's being explored now. Um, there, uh, let's see, there's enough, there's certainly plenty of creativity in the Uru community, and there's a wonderful uh, channel that GameTap has for, um, you know, uh, all sorts of content currently. So we're, we're kind of exploring all sorts of options about the, the possibility of creating, uh, uh, you know, new, new ways for people to uh, make use of that from, from within Uru. And in addition, yeah, I don't know, there, there, there may well be, uh, I, th I, I expect that there will be um, a real sort of explosion of machinima once people start playing with, uh, with Uru Live because there's, it's, it's, uh, it's made for it. I mean, with the voice capability and, and the, the beautiful graphics and the, the detailed uh, ability to create, um, uh, you know, facial features and so forth, uh, I think there's a, there's a lot of potential for people to have fun making up stories. Oh, I'm thinking of all these various possibilities that you're mentioning. I'm like, oh, God, I'm not going to be able to consume all of that. <laughs> <laughs> GameTap was kind enough to offer a free one-month trial to Uru Explorers. Is there any possibility that GameTap will conduct contests or other promotions in advance of Live's launch? 
Absolutely, yeah. And that's another thing that's, that's sort of uh, being discussed now and just kind of what forms those would take. Um, I'd love to see something that, that rewarded the, or, or acknowledged or celebrated the various kinds of creativity, you know, in the Uru community from, from graphics to, you know, the age builders or, or the people who write uh, or, or even the, the folks. I mean, one of the things that we did back in, back in the old days at Ubisoft was we had a caption writing contest that was just, that I still regard as, as one of the funniest things people really came up with some clever captions to uh, you know to uh, images that they they uh, uh, recorded from Uru or or whatever um, so on there's the Uru, on the Ubisoft forums you say yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah I don't I think, think I, that there's still do you remember that yeah I think I do remember that now that I think about it it's it's been a while I, it has it's funny I started lurking there gradually uh-huh. and I you know every now and then I spit out a little post and then <laughs> and then I'd go back to my lurking and then gradually I kind of got drawn out and i think the thing that finally settled in was the podcast i started becoming involved oh with neat. Them. neat 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 cool and so that's what really got me a part of the community yeah. but first i was starting to really admire how the community just has this general positive vibe yeah and you know it's some of the stuff is just so cute like i, I saw a <laughs> post on a there's some uh, real sweethearts in our community <laughs> an, an uru obsession somebody said uh, they were joking about somebody are you saying you can jump cones and somebody came in with a Matrix-inspired line saying, well, what I'm saying is, when you get good enough, you won't have to. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you see this stuff, and you, and you laugh in spite of yourself, and then people, yeah. people in the other room are like, what are you laughing at? Shh, forget it. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, 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 yeah. Before we completely uh, get off of that, or I don't know, just the notion that... Um, uh, it, it really is. People's support of, of GameTap now is, is really important for for Cyan. And, uh, you know, if people can... And we certainly want to empower that, and we're talking about how to how to make that happen, uh, either uh, with some sort of referral program or something, but... Um, You've convinced me. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I just... It's, it's yeah, I don't know. I, I want Cyan to have a nice big budget so that they'll have lots of, of new engineers and artists and things so that we'll have new ages. So, I got a piggy bank. I can share. <laughs> <laughs> Our producer, Ruby Odegi, spoke with Trent Hershenson about the demographics of the Uru community, how age and gender aren't issues when it comes to enjoying Uru. Do you think GameTab is ready for this dedicated Uru community, all ages, male and female diehards? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I wouldn't be surprised... I think one of the things that happened with the original Uru was that we were surprised at how many people out there appreciated our community and wanted to join it. And I think that that will probably happen again, especially with kind of uh, the offering that GameTap has, the you know, the wide variety of different games and the fact that they're sort of not driven by uh, some of the latest, uh, you know, the latest and greatest market trends, the way, the way some of the other uh, segments of the gaming community are. I think that that people will really appreciate Uru. I think in general that that um, you know there's a lot of a very important stuff that Uru offers, both the the beauty, the the challenges, uh, the the gameplay experience, the the, the unfolding storyline, and also the community. From my perspective, again, I mean, I think that this is something that that's really uh, very special, and I think that uh, people will appreciate it and, and probably join us. That was actually uh, ramble a little bit. That was one of the really fun things that I saw there um, when I was there was that the Uru community in there 
uh, sort of very consistently attracted new people in. So these were folks who were members of there who hadn't really um, experienced Uru before, but who became members of the Uru community after they were exposed to it because of the friends they made in there. And is I that think in that, the interim between the close down of yeah. Live and Ur until Uru, or was it during until no, Uru as well? During until Uru, yeah. This is in the last uh, in the last year or so. Uh, uh, I was at there, and um, yeah, and there were consistently people who hadn't experienced Uru, but because they were introduced by folks in there, you know, uh, really appreciated it and became members of the community. So, uh, I I honestly expect that will happen. It's, uh, you know, I mean, there are reasons that we all appreciate it so much, and I think that there are a lot of people who will share uh, share that appreciation when they get exposed to it. So, are, are there other communities of fans at GameTap you've come to know or will assist? And I do we have to share you? <laughs> uh, theoretically, yes. Although, you know, I mean, there's really right now the strongest community part of GameTap is really Uru. There's uh, GameTap still has a long way to go in terms of developing some of the interactivity as well as the long-term, you know, very deep ties that the Uru community has. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I hope to be helping that to happen in, uh, in GameTap, but at least for the time being, you know, uh, it's uh, it's it's all about Uru. So <laughs> <laughs> it's actually nice to hear that. You should just put that under the line. Game tag. Yeah. It's all about Uru. It's all about Uru. <laughs> <laughs> so on the forums, there have been discussion about cavern guilds and storyline. And is there anything yeah. you can tell us about whether the guild structure or storyline has been worked out, or whether you, the community manager, will be actively involved in creating and promoting guilds and or storyline? I know in general that Cyan and the DRC are very interested in uh, exploring some of the ways that the guilds can can grow again and become a, uh, an integral part of the community and, and perhaps uh, in, in impact the storyline as well. Um, I think that in general they're very sort of excited about the potential. I mean certainly one of the things that was clear during until Uru, the, the purely until Uru um, Phase of the community was was how how just how creative people were and 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 uh, you know certainly the age builders and 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 some of the uh, um, activities and events that went on really kind of demonstrated a lot of, of capacity for people to to contribute. So um, so I think that that's very exciting and I think that Cyan thinks that that's very exciting. My role again, I mean, will probably be a backseat one as far as the unfolding story. Uh, you know, I'm I'm here to support, and and uh, it's really kind of some of the some of the the DRC and Cyan folks and Great Dragon who will be more in touch with the story aspects of of the uh, of Uru unfolding, I believe. Which, uh, but you know, I'll be I'll be around to uh, to take part too, so that'll be fun. Well, there's a that inspires me to talk about story a little bit um i have these this uh two-way impression of the way things work out in online games it seems that there are some that are highly story driven yeah. that you start at a, a finite point and that point is always the same no matter who you are you start there and that's where you start and then the game the story progresses but we're not being sure how things are going to play out because we didn't we haven't really experienced a live uru yeah we're wondering you know like just for instance, if a uh, you know a minor tremor shakes the cavern and something changes, will all the new players also see that change? What, yes. How do you feel about that? Would you imagine that would be a, a good way to to start them off? Absolutely. Like, oh, this, you know, you should have been here two weeks ago when this yeah. happened. You know? Sure. 
Sure, absolutely. Well, I think that there's, I think that there's, I mean, this is one of the things that's also kind of revolutionary about um, Uru, I think, is that, you know, people are involved in some level as themselves in the story, and their role in the story is meaningful. And so, you know, as a result of that, the, the whole premise is that this is unfolding in real time you know, in our lives. And that means that folks who weren't around last week, you know, are will will hopefully be told the stories of what's happened, but but won't be able to participate it. This is an unfolding story that, that's happening in real time. So which I think is actually very, very exciting and, and you know, the potential for for um, cavern explorers to influence the story is 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 really exciting too. And I, I think that's again sort of revolutionary. Um actually, that yeah. that does bring up a lot of bells with me when you think about, you know, when you go someplace in real life, whatever happens or has happened there has happened or will happen, and you yep. have no control over that. And so yep. Uru is a, a good reflection of that. Yeah, extent. I think so, and that that adds a dramatic tension. I think that's that's you know really very meaningful and adds to the experience. Although I can't imagine myself standing around the cave waiting for something to happen. <laughs> yeah, well. something will happen. I just know it will. <laughs> and it's going to happen at these stairs. That's what I'm going to stand. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's going to be a tough question from time to time. But, um, uh, but yeah. of course, we're you know, my in my mind, there's the until Uru experience where, you know, admittedly, there's some quiet times. Yeah, and I don't think live is going to be quite like that. Well, I think too, uh, you know, the until Uru time showed, uh, you know, how much the community really can contribute. So I think that that will be another kind of uh, part of the experience, just kind of what what people are are, are able to create within that context or that framework. You met our producer, Ruby Odegi, back at Mysterium. I and did. Uh, she would be interested to find out what your take on Mysterium was, or your take oh. on Mysterium since Mysterium's been over, and what you envision for future Mysteriums. And yeah. do you know where the next year's Mysterium will be? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. And I haven't been uh, much involved with um, Mysterium in the past, and honestly had always sort of been a little bit... Uh, unsure of how much a, a part of the community I really was or how much people would want me to be part of the community. And I was absolutely uh, just so, so grateful. And um, Judging by uh, the applause, you're a very appreciated part. Uh, well, it was quite mutual. <laughs> 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 the, uh, yeah, that was really just wonderful how much I was accepted and, and welcomed, and, and it really felt great. Uh, and uh, so, um, and, and on that note, but I don't really have much of a sense of where uh, the next one will be, although I would love it. I would love it to be somewhere in the Southwest. I think that would be a lot of fun and just kind of celebrate the return of Uru. Um, Southwest meaning like somewhere near where the cavern actually is located? Maybe somewhere like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Randomos, we are excited that you are community manager again and hope you feel comfortable enough to let us know when you need a little airtime. We'll be happy to give it. And Thank before you. We, before we close things up, I'm out of questions at this point. Is there anything else you'd like to say to the explorers that we can expect in the next few months or anything you just want to say in general? Yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful to be a part of this community, and I think that there are some very, very exciting things coming ahead. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be good stuff. It's going to be fun. I like that phrase. It's all about Uru. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to find that that phrase will be stolen somewhere. That works for me. <laughs> well, I thank you for joining us and uh, hope it's to see you again. It's been a pleasure. Again.
thanks very much, and I've enjoyed it. And uh, it's, been a, it's actually been a great chat. I've enjoyed it. Oh, so. Thank you. It's It's been – you're one of the easiest interviews I've given. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and this is Janathus for The Cavern Today signing off.
Welcome to the Tavern Today's ongoing tech segment. As you know, there are currently and will be shortly some technical questions and issues that some of the Tavern Explorers may need resolved. In response to this need, and the boredom of some of our more technically inclined staffers, we have the TCT Tech segment. In these segments, our staffers, the Genathus, That's and me. Anthony will introduce discuss, and usually argue the finer points of producing a smooth Uru experience. Today, in version 1.3, we're covering sound cards. Although I don't even know why we're bothering since everyone is using integrated audio anyway. Well, you sound like you are. Ugh. Carry on. <laughs> oh, come on. Not everyone is. Maybe you aren't. I wasn't. Yeah, we know you can't make up your mind right now. Is it my fault that computer games and computer software are so finicky? No, that's creative. They can't write a driver worth anything, but not my fault. You know, that was not always true. I believe back yeah. in the 98 and the 2000 days, I don't remember creative drivers ever presenting a problem whatsoever. Yeah. It wasn't until XP came out. They were pretty solid back in Sound Blast for 16 days. It shows you how far I go back. Yeah, but Live was pretty solid, too. Yeah. Sound Blaster Live, that is. So, we've got integrated, and we've got non-integrated, which are like your card. So, what bennies would you get? Uh, with my sound card, what are the benefits? Yeah. Um, I mean, come on. A lot you gotta of the... have a reason. A lot of the audio chores are, of course, offloaded from the CPU to the actual sound card's processor. This, of course, has the net effect of speeding up games, applications that run audio, and producing clearer sound. Onboard audio will every now and then have pops and clicks and little things. And If you have good speakers, like some people, uh, okay. you will notice those pops and clicks. put down the speakers. <laughs> anyway, the... The flip side with uh, onboard audio is, of course, the simplicity in system building, but it also, of course, puts more weight on the CPU, as we're discovering with our difficulty in recording Skype sessions. It's so also it's, cheaper. It's cheaper. Almost any motherboard these days comes with it. You know, surprisingly, though, I've, I do have a motherboard in my house that doesn't have it. You know, that That's a rarity. The Intel 875, when the 800 megahertz frontside bus came out in the CPUs. No onboard audio on that one. Interesting. The uh, the cards and the onboard you can get up to 7.1 channel surround for, with both now, but of course that all depends. If you get a $50 motherboard, you're probably not getting 7.1 channel, but you might get 5.1. I've uh, got 7.1. Yeah, so do I. But my motherboard didn't cost $50. Still doesn't mm -hmm. cost $50. No, mine cost a hundred when I bought it. But aside from the cleaner sound you get from a dedicated sound card, the slightly higher game performance, which in some games is not even a frame per second in cost gained, or in some of the higher end games like say Oblivion, you might get five or ten, depending on the scenario. I guess it is kind of hard to justify the cost of today's high end sound cards. The lowest end of the high end run above a hundred dollars easy. Yeah. Unless you're big on shopping eBay. <laughs> you gotta be careful there. We were talking about the old Sound Blaster setup. Sound Blaster yeah. Live. 
Did Soundblaster 16 support EAX? No, 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 no. Okay, that came in with live, right? I believe so. Soundblaster 16 was basic. Its main point was it was 16-bit. And the first one I had was the 512, which predated, I think that was just the generation before the live, but it was the live's EMUK, whatever that number is, the designation for the processor on the card. Uh-huh. All the versions of Uru, Uru Ages Beyond Mist, the, the Tadani expansion pack, the Path to Shell expansion pack, or the Complete Chronicles, as well as Unto Uru, Uru, all support EAX, which helps to filter. Well, uh, what were you saying? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, um, yeah. EAX. Now, EAX is an interesting invention. Creative came up with it to uh, help improve the immersiveness of games that used it. Well, you've got several. You see, EAX will take and use the Direct3D sound system, the 3D positioning provided by DirectX for sounds, to position sounds and figure out where they are. And once it figures that out, the programmer can add filters like you have a wall, you can apply a filter to that wall so that if the sound comes through it or bounces off it, you'll get a sound that sounds kind of like what you'd expect from the sound being influenced by that object. So the programmers are adding filter presets to the geometry built into the game? Basically. So I've got an older game where I get into an elevator and the sound has become distant <laughs> from me. But it's it's just positionally changed. It actually has not changed as far as the sound quality, even though the door has closed to the elevator. Yeah. So EAX would produce a filter there so that once I'm in the elevator, I would I might hear just snippets or bits and pieces of that conversation. Yeah, it would muffle it. Yeah. And it also create the uh, door sound so they sounded more realistic when those doors on the uh, elevator shut. So before then, all the uh, sound effects were built into the sounds themselves. Yes. And now they're trying to come up with generic sounds and then apply specific environmental variables to the sounds. That's about right. There were other systems that came before EAX, some more technically advanced, but EAX was the one that caught on. So EAX at this point, it's a non-issue because we're moving on to an open AL architecture both for, with Uru Live and because of Windows Vista. Yeah, well, it's a little more complicated than that. You see, with Windows Vista, they are abandoning the direct 3D sound path, as far as I know. They're going to a software-rendered sound path. So, because of this, Uru had to deal with this problem because it used hardware-accelerated sound in many situations. So they started using OpenAL, which is an open source solution for hardware-driven sound. It has a lot of similarities in the uh, syntax and structure to OpenGL, which helps when trying to use it between the two. Now, with this OpenAL, it also will support EAX inside of it. So you don't have to lose EAX while using OpenAL. In fact, I think Creative pretty well made sure it support EAX as 
OpenAL is right now sponsored by them. Now, basically, OpenAL takes the place of Direct3D sound. It positions the sound, does all the reflective work, figures out where a sound sources from, where it ends up, what's going to sound like, how strong, from that point to that other point. And it's supported by several sound cards. But all made by Creative. Yes, all made by Creative. It's the live and up. Actually, I think it's the Audigy sound cards. Oh, you're sorry. You're right. The driver support for OpenAL on Creative Sound Blaster Audigy cards is currently in beta driver status. Driver support yeah. for OpenAL on Creative Sound Blaster XFi or Extreme Fidelity sound cards is currently in released form status. So on basically, board, folks, that means you've got a set of drivers they're testing and might work with the Audigy, and you got a set of drivers that actually have been tested to work with XFi. Now, onboard audio doesn't support it yet, which is kind of strange, and it, it makes me wonder where we're going here. Especially with Yeah, that's a little bit of my worry, because there is no native support, as far as I know, for OpenAL. It's supposedly an open standard, so should be able to be supported by these other companies, but the fact it hasn't been so far is a little worrisome. And the fact now, that Creative has made inroads to, at, at least I know of one game that has OpenAL support, suggests yeah. that Creative may end up with the uh, the keys to the kingdom by having the standard that becomes popular again. Yeah, they make most of the contributions and determine most of the directions it heads in. Now, it's not all bad because OpenAL has three levels of support in it. You've got your basic software emulated support level. Basically, if you got generic software support, sound card, basically any sound card, it will work on that level. You won't get everything, but you'll at least be able to have sound. Then it's got the generic hardware support. Basically, if you've got a direct 3D compatible sound card, it will support that card and emulate down the sounds to Direct3D API commands, equivalently. It'll support fewer channels than it would in normal OpenAL mode, but you'll get at least a reasonable amount of the effects you're supposed to. The last mode's OpenAL native. You've got drivers that were designed for OpenAL, and the card or integrated solution will work with it. And that supports basically everything. Well, there's also the fact that Creative is now making a, or I don't know if Creative is making it. Well, yeah, they have to have made it. A software Sound Blaster out as you solution, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, I hadn't really heard of that one till just now. <laughs> oh, I like didn't yesterday. That. Yeah, you told me about it yesterday, but I didn't have much time to actually look into it. Yeah, that's it's an interesting development. I haven't read any reviews on how it performs. I'm interested so, to see how that goes. So is it completely software, or is it a hardware, well, it's, you know, integrated it's a, I think it's solution. a software, uh, I want to say shell, that runs somehow with integrated audio on some kind of a system. Interesting. Might be something to look into someday. Well, it just begs the question, if Vista is favoring on board, is that direction that Creator is going to go in? Well... 
And I would think not with all the money they've invested into developing the X-Fi sound card. Right. The reason Vista went with Onboard to a certain extent is they don't see the need for basic system level stuff to need this super hardware accelerated audio. In everyday functions, just your normal desktop use, you're really not going to lose anything through having sound that's routed through the processor with processors as fast as we have. For system sounds and stuff, it's not going to affect much. The thing comes when you're doing games and stuff which want this 3D sound. Now, that's why OpenAL came into existence. Now, there were some small changes with Vista that helped to a certain degree with the fact they're going to software sound. As we found out, they're switching from their integer processor format to a floating point. Now, an integer is actually, if you know math, integers are solid numbers. You know, whole numbers. One, two, three, four, five, using data in that form. Floating point uses algebraic type math to represent things. Logarithms, I believe, if I remember right. And uh, it doesn't store the information as hard set numbers. So the main point here is the fact that most processors have better performance when dealing with floating point numbers than integer. They spend a lot of money making their floating point performance pretty good. So this switch that Vista's making is going to end up with better performance on integrated audio solutions. Yeah, hopefully by RTM. <laughs> Well, this may or may not help in the long run. On technical specs, it will make it better than if they had left it as a 16-bit integer format. Well, you can have all this good sound card and better system for creating sound in Windows itself. It really won't help if you can't hear it. Yes. So... You are the one who loves his sound so much. Why don't you tell us about your speakers? Well, I have a set of speakers that are going on four years old now that kick just as strong as they did the day I bought them. And fortunately, I can't recommend them for you because you couldn't find them even if I could. <laughs> but uh, as far as computers, computer audio systems go, one of the things that I'm finding strange today is it seems like a lot of the high-end speaker solutions are 5.1 or 7.1 and that's it. They don't make a lot of 2.1 systems out there these days. And I, I wonder why that is. I can't imagine that anyone who wants to get any kind of boom with their audio system is going to actually want to wire up their whole computer room with speakers just to get good sound out of their computer. Personally, I think they're just after more money, but... Yeah, that's... That's probably a very likely scenario. That's probably how creatives run them their open AL thing. It's, you know, corner the market before anyone else even thinks about it, and then you have to come to us for what you want. Mm. So I remember they pretty well got the market cornered except for integrated solutions already. I ran a small pool amongst the TCT staffers of who's running integrated and dedicated sound cards. I was one of only, I think, two on our staff running dedicated sound cards. And yeah. the other person running dedicated wasn't running a creative sound card. And so if you're not running creative, your dedicated sound card is as good as a host-based integrated solution because only creative has a actual processor on the card. But I digress. Um, <laughs> as far as speakers go, uh, 
there are all kinds of up and coming technologies with uh, wireless rear satellite speakers, but um, in some cases they plug in, and in other cases they have batteries. But what I'm reading in all the reviews is there's a distinct latency, making the fa- having the rear channels become kind of a pointless situation. Mm-hmm. I personally think that 2.1 is plenty. Two satellites and a subwoofer, or even 2.0. They they make some really decent 2.0 speaker sets. Actually, Bose has a set. The the you big movers. Me. Pardon? You shocked me. I don't typically hear an audio file recommending Bose speakers. You don't think Bose are good speakers? No. I'm just usually they get slightly insulted when you suggest such a thing. The Bose is actually supposedly if you ever talk to a Bose representative, they'll say we are not a speaker company. We are a development firm. Yeah, whatever. Research <laughs> company. If you had to ask for a recommendation right now, what's the most thunder bang for the buck I can get? I would say it's probably the the high-end Logitech 2.1 system, the Altec Lansing 2.1 system, and or the Klipsch 2.1. And those systems are all rated around 200 watts RMS. And... Except for the Altec Lansing, they all have 8-inch drivers in the sub, which means as high as you want to turn that volume knob is as high as it can go. Whereas previous models I've run into, uh, I've ran into diminutive subwoofers that can't take the, how high I want to hear the music at. Yeah. you got to be careful, though. You can get into some real money if you're wanting good sound. Yeah, I've noticed that there's um, M-Audio, which is a company mentioned by Tim Larkin in our recent interview, uh, they do some high-end audio equipment and a lot of PC audio equipment interfaces, and they have studio reference monitor speakers, and they have a system that has a subwoofer and two satellites upgradable to 5.1, but you're talking about 600 on the table before you're actually able to get the whole system together. Mm. I think it's just outlandish, despite the fact that I have kind of an aversion for to this 5.1 wired speakers behind me. It's different in a home entertainment setup because you have a living room set up around the TV as a central force, whereas your computer could be in a corner somewhere. 5.1 speakers just don't make sense in those scenarios. Yeah, You're not going to get that much more out of 5.1s anyways. If you're just doing Uru as your primary game, you're not going to get really anything out of having 5.1s. Yeah, but there's a lot of people that play these shooters and these other online games where they're like, oh, the 5.1 makes a big difference. And I've the only game that I've noticed position audio really to a great extent was Half-Life 2 and Doom 3. Those are the only games that I've really noticed it in. And mm-hmm. in both cases, the sound filtering sounds where they give they muffle the sound sufficiently to tell you it's behind you is enough for me to get the position of what's where. Yeah. And like they always say, you only have two ears. It's true. So yeah. I lack the 7.1 ears to enjoy 7.1 sounds. <laughs> I always thought I had good 8.1 ears, but you know. Yeah, you're just a geek. You like bigger numbers. <laughs> anyway, that's where we'll close up for now. Don't forget to tune in for our next TCT Tech segment, version 1.4, where we'll be covering CPUs and memory. Version 1.4 will be a lead-up to our first TZT Tech segment of the second podcast season, beginning with version 2.0, where we'll cover the entire system integration. Until next time, this is the Genathus. When are you going to give that a rest? And this is Anthony. Signing off.
Well, we're nearly at the end of the podcast. Before we go, we'd like to send a special thank you to Randomos for taking the time to chat with us, and additionally to Supergram for coordinating and scheduling the interview. We'd also like to thank Ian Moreland for allowing us to showcase his Forest Floor piece. If you're curious about his music, or just want to hear Forest Floor again, he has a website at http colon backslash backslash sound dot ianmoreland.net. Podcast 20 is also due out in October, and it's our season finale, so don't forget to tune in. It's sure to be momentous. One final thank you goes out, most importantly, to our great listeners and fans who make working on The Cavern today so very rewarding. That's it. This is the end of Podcast 19. We hope you've enjoyed it. This is Anthony signing off. Thank you.